It's in the storms of life that God wants to speak peace to you and me. That's the good news that we'll hear today from our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee on Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, welcoming you to an encouraging and deep study of God's Word. If you recall from last time, as we journeyed through Job chapters 32 and 33, a young man named Elihu came forward to speak. Today, Elihu continues his defense of God and urges Job to trust in him. It's a great section of scripture, one I know will speak to our hearts and challenge us in how we look at the storms in our own lives. So come on aboard the Bible bus and let's get started. And while you find your seat, we've got a few letters to share from our faithful listening family. And I've asked Greg Harris, through the Bible's president, to join us for this one. Always a a special time that we get to hear from our North American listening family. And uh, here's a great letter from Linda, and she lives here in Southern California. I love the Through the Bible. I have been a monthly contributor for years, but I have never taken the time to write and tell you how much I appreciate being on the Bible bus. I first heard Dr. J. Vernon McGee when I was in my early 20s. My aunt introduced me to him. Now she and Dr. McGee are gone to heaven, and I just had my 74th birthday. Wow. Wow. So probably about 50 years ago, she first heard Dr. McGee. And she says, praise the Lord. I thank God for his word still being taught by Dr. McGee on the radio, our phones and tablets. Going through the Bible systematically is the best way to learn the word of God Mm. and to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You continue to be a blessing to me, and I am so happy to be a contributor to get the whole word of God to the whole world. Thank you, and God bless you all. Well, thank you, Linda, for those encouraging words and for the reminder that studying the Bible systematically is the best way to learn the word of God. And Steve, I love that she said, I've, I've been, you know, supporting the ministry, but I've never told you what it means. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you're thinking, Oh, I love through the Bible. Well, it's really easy. Just send an email to biblebus at ttb.org or post a, on our Facebook page. Just let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Thank you, Greg. Here's one from Tracy. Tracy writes, Hello, Bible Bus people. I first heard Dr. McGee in 1999 while living in Tucson, Arizona. I had just believed in Jesus as my Savior, was determined to live a committed life, and I knew I had a lot to learn about the Bible. I became a regular listener in 2001 when I was living in Southern California and had to commute to work. Dr. McGee always tells it like it is, and I needed to hear it. The Lord used you to give me a biblical foundation to stand on. I have listened in very lonely times, like when I moved to Nicaragua to work full-time in missions. Later, I listened in Costa Rica to keep me grounded as my husband and I moved there for work and ministry opportunities. Now I listen as a homeschool mom in Florida, and Dr. McGee has accompanied me in my transition to living in the U.S. So I guess that makes it three states and two countries. God knew the plans he had for me so long ago, and by faith, I keep seeking and knocking so I can be a godly woman, wife, and mother. I've been on the world prayer team for over a year. My heart has grown for those who serve in other countries, and I want to keep praying for the work the Lord is doing around the world until he comes back. I have no intention of ever getting off this Bible bus. Sorry I have not written sooner. But you are appreciated. I have listened with my children as well, and I pray that they own their faith and go forward as lights to their generation. 
Well, thank you, Tracy, so much. And I love these letters that just uh, paint a picture that we can yeah. really follow her from Tucson uh, to Latin America, back to the U.S. and the different transitions of life. And that one of the greatest uh, privileges of, of a ministry like Through the Bible, of us all being part of it, is the faithfulness of those who pray and give and, and those of us that get to keep those messages going out you we hear these generational uh, yeah. kind of impacts yeah and i also look at it as the blessing that god has given to through the bible in terms of i mean the first listener was uh, linda was a 50 year listener yeah um and then uh tracy quite a few decades 35 yeah. almost yeah. years of listening yeah. you know give or take and 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 God has been faithful to this ministry to be able to speak to people and and introduce people to Scripture and studying the Bible themselves over such a long period of time and it's such a blessing. I've said this before too, but you get a bunch of smart people in a room. Nobody's building this ministry, <laughs> no. and I think God likes it that way yeah. because He's the one that gets the glory. Because it certainly isn't either one. No, of no. Us. I was going to say that's why He picked us to lead it. He said, "I don't want somebody too smart." Yeah. And 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 but. God just continues to bless his word. It's just, it's such an encouragement. Yeah. I hope you've been encouraged by that as well. Amen. Greg, why don't you pray for us as we begin? Father, we rejoice in, uh, your power and our weakness. And we just thank you that you let us be a part of getting your whole word to the whole world and, and to have the joy of just seeing even the small bits of, of the, the bigger picture of what you're doing. We praise you for it. And we pray even today, as your word goes out around the world, you would continue to make a deep impact in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's get to our study of Job 34 and 35 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now, as we come today to this 34th chapter of the book of Job, we're listening to the discourse of Elihu. This is the longest discourse that we have in the book of Job. He's not one of the three friends. He apparently was just a spectator or one that was an auditor that was waiting on the sidelines, and he listened to the discourse or the debate between Job and the so-called three friends. And now this man speaks out. And as we saw last time, he advances the discourse a great deal. He had a real spiritual insight. And for a man of that day, he went as far as any man possibly could go. And he certainly defended God in this matter. And up to this point, why the Lord was at a distinct disadvantage because it looked as if the Lord was either punishing Job because of some great sin in his life and if there was no great sin in the life of Job, then God was unjust. And it looked as if the Lord would have to prove him a great sinner. But God didn't have to do that. The point was that if Job could have only been shown by his friends that God was dealing with him, and God was not dealing with him in the sense of punishing him for some great sin, but that God was using all of these instruments in attempting to take pride out of his life and bring him down low where he could trust God, where he could respond as even little Samuel did. Speak, Lord, thy servant, hear it. Well, Job is so busy defending himself and couldn't see that God was using circumstances. He was using people. 
the Sabaeans, and Satan himself as means in all of his trials and his losses and his bereavements and his sufferings, but they were all God's marvelous agents in bringing this man to a very gracious and a very wise end. That is, God was doing it all, and God's mercy was being displayed. His mercy endured forever. And Job lost sight of all of these things, and that removed him from God. And today, we need to recognize that God moves in our lives as believers. And maybe you don't need to learn that lesson. I do. We get occupied with man and with things and circumstances, and we look at them in reference to our lives, and we are not walking with God. We are not walking above our circumstances, but actually under our circumstances, and these circumstances weigh us down. I had a friend in the ministry, a very wonderful man of God, by the way, he went to be with the Lord, and he kidded me, but there was a great deal of truth in it. He said to me, McGee, your trouble is that you live under your circumstances, and you don't live on top of your circumstances. Well, that is true, I'm sure, although he was kidding, that in my life that I found that to be true. And God permitted me, actually, to have cancer. And I can see a purpose in it now, friends. And I can see a purpose that God has permitted me to have it right now in my body. Don't misunderstand. I'm not being pious and saying, I praise the Lord for it. I do not. I'd get rid of it in the next minute if I could. But the point of it is, God has used this in my life. And I know that. And I recognize that. And when we let these circumstances come between us, you see, God is shut out. And as a result, why, we lose the sense of his presence, and we lose the fact that he's with us, and we get to the place where there is that worry and distress, and there's no peace in our soul, and we do not feel his fatherly hand upon us, and that he's looking after us, and that's when we become fretful and patient and irritable and fault-finding. We get far away from God, and we're out of communion with Him. Why? Because of our circumstances, and do not see the hand of God in it all. He wants to bring us back to Himself in brokenness of heart and humbleness of mind. And this is the end of the Lord. This is what God is after in your life and my life today. Maybe not yours, but... I'm confident in my own life. And this man, Elihu, here is the one that actually closes the ministry so that God himself is going to break in, and this man, Job, is going to experience the direct ministry of God. And God's going to permit it for a very definite purpose. And we're going to see that the effect was threefold upon him. It changed Job in reference to his relationship to God and to himself and to his friends. And that is the important thing for us to learn today, that we need to be changed in ourselves. God will permit that to happen to us, by the way. And he does permit it to come to us. The Lord chastens us. And this word chasten, as we saw the other day is a word that the literal of it means to bruise us. And God will bruise us. I tell you, he'll let us be 
beaten around and beaten up, if you please. God doesn't mind doing that because why? Well, it will cause us to be brought to a place of humbleness, and God uses this in our lives. It's a time of instruction for us. My, how wonderful these things are in our lives. And it's not the easy way by any means. Now in chapter 34, and I'm going to begin reading now. Furthermore, Elihu answered and said, Hear my words, O ye wise men, and give ear unto me, ye that have knowledge. Now it's as it were, he's turning to those three friends, and he has a word for them. He says, For the ear trieth words, as the mouth tasteth meat. They had already said this. You know, just as you taste something, and it's good to the taste buds, well, the ear tastes words, you see, trieth words. And we hear something, music, delightful to the ear. We taste it with our ear. And so that expression is used here now by Elihu. It had been used, I think, by Eliphaz before. He says, let us choose to us judgment. Let us know among ourselves what's good. Now, he says, just as we like to taste something good, let's hear something that's good. For Job hath said, I'm righteous, and God hath taken away my judgment. In other words, God hasn't been fair to me. He hasn't given me a trial. Should I lie against my right? My wound is incurable without transgression. He says, I've got an incurable disease, and I didn't do anything. And he continues on, verse 7. What man is like Job? who drinketh up scorning like water. (laughs) You see, the Lord chastens, as we saw last time. The Lord is in the business of chastening those that are his own. And he does it for a very definite purpose. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. That is the statement, as we saw last time, in the 12th. And we're told then that we are not to despise it. Well, Job was despising the chastening of the Lord. God has no right to do this. And he removed him far from God. And then he began to faint under it, you see. And we're not to faint, we're told, when thou art rebuked of him. God's doing it for a purpose in our lives. Notice verse 8, which goeth in company with the workers of iniquity and walketh with wicked men. Now, to tell the truth, Job has joined the protesters outside of heaven. He's marching up and down with a placard now, and he's saying, God is wrong, and I am right. A lot of folk doing that. And he's joined those that are in rebellion against God. Notice verse 9, For he hath said, It profiteth a man nothing, that he should delight himself with God. Well, he said, I was serving God and being a nice little boy, and I expected to have a Sunday school pen given to me. And God didn't give me a Sunday school pen. And at Christmas, he didn't put a nice gift in my stocking. He put ashes in my stocking. And I don't think God was nice doing that. My, I tell you, that was Job. That's a lot of Christians today. He says, Therefore hearken unto me, ye men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, and from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. And again he's saying, God does not do wrong. And Paul, you remember, came to that. Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Now, friend, I don't want to be ugly. My wife says, when you say, when you're preaching, you say sometimes, you don't want to be ugly, then you turn right around and you're ugly. Why do you do that? Well, I'm going to be ugly then. 
may I say to you here, my friend, if you say God is wrong, then you are wrong. God is always right. And you and I are the ones that are always wrong. God is right. I don't care what God does. God's right in doing it. And he doesn't have to report to you and me. And he doesn't ask our permission, you know. My, there's so many folk today that want criminals turned off and that sort of thing. But believe me, they want God to run the universe right. Well, he'll run it right, friends, but not according to your standard and my standard at all. Now listen to him at verse 12 here. Yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. Now that's something you can write down in your little book. You can keep it there. God does not do wickedly. He'll not commit a wrong act. And if you want to go back in the Old Testament and find fault with him for getting rid of the Amorites, you can do it. That's your privilege. But my friend, God was right what he did. And you say, well, I don't see it. Maybe I don't either. But God is right, friend. Reason from that point. You know, we today, the whole system of human thinking is based on this. We reason from experience to truth. And believe me, that's the reason so few of us ever arrive at truth. But God reasons from truth, and he is the truth. The Lord Jesus said, I'm the truth. Pilate said, what's truth? Well, the truth is standing right before him. Jesus is truth. And the point is to reason from truth to experience. And that's what God does here. And we read here, who hath given him a charge over the earth, or who hath disposed the whole world? If he set his heart upon man, if he gathered himself his spirit and his breath. And the whole point is God has a care and a concern for man. And when you come down now to verse 31, Surely it's meet to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement, and I will not offend any more. If he's chastened you, then you ought to learn your lesson and not continue in that way. But maybe God is attempting to develop something in your life, but he won't let it happen to you unless it accomplishes a worthy purpose. Verse 32, That which I see not teach thou me. If I've done iniquity, I will do no more. Now, if that's been the purpose, to get you away from sin, then for goodness sakes, learn your lesson and turn from it. Listen to him now in verse 34. He says, Let men of understanding tell me, and let a wise man hearken unto me. Job hath spoken without knowledge. That was Job's problem. He spoke without knowledge, and his words were without wisdom. Now, that is the problem, I guess, of most of us. We do a lot of talking, and a great deal of talking is without knowledge and without wisdom. We are living in a day when they have what is known as rap sessions, and I meet with a lot of groups today, especially young people, and they want to have a rap session. I don't mind it. I engage in it. In fact, I welcome the opportunity. But you know, I hear a whole lot of asinine things. I hear some very foolish things. And not only did Job speak without knowledge, but there are a lot of folk today speaking without knowledge. And some of them have a Ph.D. degree. But that doesn't mean you have knowledge or wisdom. Verse 36, listen. My desire is that Job may be tried unto the end because of his answers for wicked men. This man, Elihu, says, I hope God will try him and tell this man here 
will be able to defend God and not defend himself. Now, in chapter 35, we find Elihu is reproving Job for inferring that he's more righteous than God. Listen to him here now in chapter 35. Elihu spake over and said, Thinkest thou this to be right, that thou saidest, My righteousness more than God's? And actually, that's what Job was saying. The minute that Job said, I'm all right. Is God all right? That's the question. I know I'm all right, and I'm suffering. So it must be God is wrong. That is the inference, you see, that you have to draw from that type of reasoning. Now, he moves on, and let me move on here. He says, verse 5, Look unto the heavens, and see, behold, the clouds which are higher than thou. If thou sinnest, what doest thou against him? Or if thou transgressest, be multiplied, what doest thou unto him? Well, that would be the question that Job would raise, you see. My little life is not affecting God, but it is, my friend. That is the wonder of it all. Your sin today is something that is almost infinite. When Abraham sinned, well, they're still paying for that over that land today. When he took that Egyptian handmaid, Hagar, at the suggestion of Sarah. Sarah and Abraham were wrong. How wrong were they? Well, look over there today. And we just happen to have had about 4,000 years of it. Sin's an awful thing. It does affect God. Now, verse 8, Thy wickedness may hurt a man as thou art, and thy righteousness may profit the son of man. You are a witness, friends. You are a preacher regardless of who you are. I said that to a drunk man. Once his mother had asked me to talk with him, and I saw him coming down the street. He lived down below the church, and I headed him off, and I detoured him into my study, and he wobbled. He barely could sit there. And I told him what a low-down, dirty, ingrate. He disgraced his mother, was breaking her heart. Her the, he just sat there and took all of it. And then I began to say, I said, you preach by your life. And I said, you're a preacher. Say, so he stood up, and he wanted to fight me. You could call him anything in the world except a preacher. Well, friends, you're a preacher. Your wickedness will hurt somebody, and your righteousness may help somebody. And he says here, by reason of the multitude of oppressions, they make the oppressed to cry. They cry out by reason of the arm of the mighty. But none saith, where is God thy maker who giveth songs in the night? Oh, that is so wonderful. You see, it's God. He's the one that gives songs in the night. The only place of happiness is God. Have you ever noticed the expression, blessed be God, blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus? What's the word blessed mean? It means happy. God is happy, <laughs> and he wants us happy. When Moses came down from the mountain, his face was shining that last time because there was now forgiveness. There was sacrifices for sin, and God to deal with man in grace. My, I tell you, friends, John said, we write these things unto you that your joy might be full. He's the one that gives songs in the night. The nightclub, they have got songs, but it's blues, and you pay for it, and you have a headache the next day. It's God alone that can bring happiness to you. And that's so important, and this man learned that way back yonder at the very beginning. Now he continues on in chapter 36. God, here's the great teacher, you see, and he's the greatest teacher of all. Remember, it was said of the Lord Jesus, never man spake as he spake. He was a great teacher. That's the great value of the gospels. They tell two things. Actually, not the miracles. It's his teaching that's so important. He's the greatest teacher. And then his death. 
is recorded there. His death and resurrection. That's the gospel facts, by the way. And in fact, he's a great teacher. And that is the message of the 36th chapter. But we'll go a little bit more in detail when we get into that chapter next time because it's a great one. And then next time, friends, we are going to see Job introduced to Jehovah. God's going to break through. Storms coming up at this time, and the storm will break. And out of that storm, God is going to speak to this man. And it's in the storms of life today that God wants to speak peace to you and me, friends. All that you and I may not let circumstances come between our soul and our God. Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. If you know someone that can benefit from these studies in Job, invite them to listen at ttb.org or download our mobile app. And then join me this weekend for Dr. McGee's Sunday sermon, The Message of Hope That Went Out from the King. You can find it at ttb.org or again on our mobile app, or just call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE if we can help. So as we go, remember that God goes before you. So follow him. I'm Steve Schwetz, and as always, I'll meet you back here next time. grateful for the faithful and generous support of Through the Bible's partners, whom God uses to take the whole word to the whole world.